With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Well, many of you out there right now are either a little bit giddy over the possibility that your team, which you believed in the back of your mind, had absolutely no chance to advance very far into the NCAA tournament, is still alive, or... Many of you are like me, crestfallen, because a team that you believed was good enough to make a run in the tournament is gone. And it is likely that no matter which side of that equation you are on, your bracket is a disaster and looks like a crime scene with all of the X'd out teams because, my God, we have got one of the most wide open brackets, certainly, in the history of the NCAA tournament. And that's particularly the case if you look on the side with the South region in it where everybody has managed to lose that had any kind of high-level success rate predicted when this tournament began. And so as we come down the stretch, I believe if you look in the South region, Kentucky has basically a layup line to the Final Four. They're playing in Atlanta. They will get to go up against Kansas State, and then they'll get to go up against the winner of Loyola of Chicago and Nevada. And one of those two teams, Loyola of Chicago or Nevada, will be in the Elite Eight playing for a chance to go to the Final Four. That's the South region where I think the Kentucky Wildcats are in great shape. And then in the West which is also pretty wide open and would be even more wide open if Michigan hadn't drained the late shot on Saturday night that they did to eliminate Houston. I'm sorry, Houston Cougar fans, but you've got Gonzaga going up against, uh, who is up there with them? Florida State 
I don't think anybody foresaw that was going to happen. One of those teams will be in the Elite Eight. Bottom side, you've got Michigan going up against uh, Texas A&M, who suddenly has gotten hot, and uh, and those teams are all in the Sweet 16. So there is a good shot that even in the Final Four, we're going to see a matchup of something like Kentucky and Michigan, which I don't think most people would have predicted when they came into the brackets. On the other side, I think what we got is Villanova, who probably has been the most impressive team so far in the tournament, going up against, eventually, I believe, Duke, who has probably been the second most impressive team in the tournament. Blue Devils only have to beat Syracuse, an 11-seed play-in winner, in order to advance to the Elite Eight. I know anybody can beat anybody in the NCAA tournament have we seen this year, but Duke seems like they're in pretty comfy spot there. Nova's got a tough game against West Virginia. That was the late game for many of you. By the way, not very kind of the NCAA tournament. At least the game ended up not being close. But why are we starting a East Coast matchup between West Virginia and Marshall at nearly 10 o'clock Eastern on Sunday night? That doesn't seem to make very much sense. Uh, and then certainly we'll see what ends up transpiring. Purdue is a weekend team with uh, with injuries. Texas Tech, uh, we'll see. So much to get to as we unpack everything that was in the NCAA tournament. I was fortunate. I was out in Las Vegas, and I got to watch every game on Thursday and Friday, and I got to be in the in the sports book for the ending of Virginia and University of Maryland, Baltimore County, which is a historic moment. I think that most of us out there will kind of put into our roster of memorable moments in sports where we remember where we were when it happened because 135-0 and of number ones versus number 16s suddenly became 135 and one, which leads me to our poll question uh, for the day, which I think is a uh, is an intriguing one. And I'll ask the crew this, but I also want your opinion. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. What's the biggest upset you've seen in your lives? And to me, when I watched UMBC beat Virginia, and that game went final. It became, I think, one of the top two biggest upsets that I can remember in my life. Now, I'm 38 years old. Some of you listening early this morning are too young to even remember this. But to me, the biggest upset I have ever seen in my life as a sports fan was Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Now, this happened back in 1990. And if you're my age or older you probably have a pretty solid recollection of what Mike Tyson meant to boxing. He was the last great boxer in terms of, he was for boxing what Tiger Woods has been for golf. There are a lot of people who didn't care at all about boxing that when Mike Tyson was about to fight, you stopped everything you were going to do and paid attention to Mike Tyson. Kid Dynamite, knocked everybody out, came into the ring in those leather black shorts. A lot of times the dude walked into the ring. Everybody now wants to be all adorned and worked up. They got their robe on. They got their music playing. Mike Tyson would walk in 
to the ring in black leather shorts and black leather lace-up shoes with just a towel with a hole in the head, and he'd just throw it over his head. And this dude would walk in, and he would knock people out like nobody's business. And you had to be there at the opening moments of the bell because you had no idea what might happen. And then he went off to prison, and when he came back, he was never the same thing, but he was still such a must-see guy that he ended up biting the dude's ear off. Some of you who haven't paid attention or you're young need to go back and start watching the Mike Tyson YouTubes and everything else to see what you missed, to see some of the punches that he could deliver, to see how violent and awe-inspiring he was in the ring. Well, back in 1990, I was 11 years old, and Mike Tyson went over to Tokyo to fight a guy named James Buster Douglas that nobody had ever heard of before. And it was a middle-of-the-night fight. I think it was like, I don't remember the exact time of day, but almost all of us woke up the next morning and found out very few people were watching it live. It was a middle-of-the-night fight. Almost all of us woke up the next morning and suddenly found out that the baddest heavyweight champion of all time had lost. And I still remember how crushed I was to hear that Mike Tyson lost because he had appeared to be invincible. And it wasn't just that Mike Tyson lost. It was that he lost to a guy that nobody had heard of and that not only did he lose... He got knocked out, uh, I believe, in the eighth round. And so when I saw Virginia lose, I immediately thought to myself, this beatdown is up there with what happened to Mike Tyson in terms of its shockingness. And, you know, what was interesting about being in the sports book when all this happened was UMBC, I think most of us thought... If a 16 seed ever beats a one seed, it'll be a tight game, last second jumper. That's what's going to eliminate a one seed. But UMBC came roaring in and won by 20. And so you can go find my Twitter feed at Clay Travis, top of the line. You can see the video that I put out on Periscope in the immediate aftermath of that game from the Vegas Sportsbook. And it was almost like everybody was stunned over what they had just seen. There wasn't some sort of mass reaction from people because we had time to get used to it, but it was just overall shocking that it had happened. Now, some of you out there watch my Periscopes and some of these videos that we do. On Wednesday night in my hotel room in Vegas, I had a couple of different gambling uh, people on with me. Teddy Covers. Uh, at Teddy underscore covers and Kelly in Vegas at Kelly in Vegas, both gamblers. And I said to Teddy as part of that discussion, because we were contemplating the line being fairly low for Kansas against Penn. I said, how many years do you think it will take a one seed to lose to a 16 seed? And Teddy covers set the line with me at 20 years. It turned out, It was two days. Just an absolutely phenomenal must-see weekend of college basketball. And so our poll question that is up right now for all of you 
and I'm going to pin it to the top of my page. You can find it there. Uh, I'm pinning it to my profile right now, so all of you can go find this poll question. What is the bigger upset? Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson back in 1990, what I believe was the biggest upset that I have ever seen in the world of sports, or Maryland-Baltimore County over UVA. 6,000 of you have voted. I want you to continue to roll in and punch an equation here. I'm curious with the early morning crew. I put this up late last night, about midnight East Coast, and so far UMBC over UVA is winning big. But I'm not sure if that's just a function of my audience being young. I wonder how many people out there right now are hearing me talk about Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas, and you literally were so young, you have no recollection of it. Many of you may not have even been born. I think there is a tendency to overrate and overvalue events that have just happened and not be able to put them in their proper historical context. This is certainly an issue in the world of serious uh, facts and figures that goes on right now, too. All you youngins out there think that what's going on with Donald Trump now, you're like, oh my God, we're, we're all going to die. This is the most unbelievable time in the history of our nation. And a lot of you out there who are older are sitting around saying, chill. I went to war in Vietnam, kid. I walked around with a machine gun when Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. were getting killed in the 1968 presidential election, and the cities in America were burning over riots. Donald Trump ain't nothing. But for people who were born in 1995, Donald Trump is terrifying to them. The country seems so divided. It's important to have a historical context, and that's the one that I went to. Now, some of you are older than me. And you're probably sitting around saying, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, Clay, what about UVA versus Chaminade back in 1982? Too young, don't remember. What are the biggest upsets that you can remember? And how does UMBC over UVA rank in that larger context? That's our poll question. I'll open up the phone lines. 877-996-6369. We don't have a single guest scheduled today. Much to contemplate and discuss about the weekend that was in the NCAA tournament. And oh, by the way, I feel you, city of Cincinnati. You roll into my hometown of Nashville. Cincinnati's got a two seed. You're up over 20. Xavier's got a one seed. You're up over 10. Everything is looking great in the Queen City there. And then the rug gets completely pulled out from underneath both teams. Before all is said and done, Cincinnati with one of the biggest collapses in the history of the NCAA tournament, blowing a 22-point lead with 11 minutes to go. And then Xavier storms back and says, hey, whatever you can do, buddy, we can do as well. And I believe loses a 12-point lead with about six minutes to go. Brutal day in Cincinnati, bringing back all the memories of the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game in the Queen City. Who's crushed the most? We probably got some voicemails that Jason Martin can run through, but I'll bring in the crew when we get back. I'll take your calls. Biggest upset, do you agree with me 
if you are old enough to remember that Tyson over losing to Buster Douglas, to me, biggest sports upset of my life, I'm going to slot UVA against UMBC in at number two on my list. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are unpacking the weekend that was in the NCAA tournament where everybody that was at the top of the list came crumbling down, it feels like. The brackets are wide open. Kentucky, which once looked like it would have to go through Arizona, the University of Virginia, and potentially Cincinnati. All of those teams also adding the University of Tennessee out of the mix. The South region is wide open, as is the other side of the bracket there uh, in the, uh, in the what, what is that, the Midwest or whatever, the Gonzaga uh, region, the one that Xavier just blew it in and the same uh, weekend that Cincinnati blew it, that side of the bracket is also wide open, would be even wider open if Michigan had not sunk the three-point basket that they did to beat Houston. I'm sorry for all of the Houston Cougar fans out there. That has to be pretty brutal. That's the west side of the bracket. The south and the west, wide open. The other two brackets, the east kind of holding somewhat to form. Villanova looks like the best team in the tournament so far. Duke probably looks like the second best team in the tournament so far. And I don't think Duke has got much of a challenge in the Sweet 16 now that Syracuse pulled off the big upset over Michigan State. So Duke likely to slide into the Elite Eight, maybe to play against Kansas, or potentially we'll see whether Clemson can continue their run. What a win they had over Auburn. We will discuss all of that and more as uh, as certainly these games come uh, closer and closer on Thursday and Friday. But the East and the Midwest holding somewhat to form. The South region has fallen apart and the West region has fallen apart as well. We will see exactly what ends up transpiring there. Obviously, I was out in Las Vegas. I was out in Las Vegas on Thursday and Friday. Had an incredible time hanging out out there. Bunch of different business meetings. I think we're going to have some cool Vegas-related events for OutKick coming forward in 2018. But I had the good fortune to be in a sports book when Virginia lost to Maryland-Baltimore County. I believe that what will be remembered about this tournament long after it is over is the UMBC win over UVA. And I think that's the case because unless your team wins or advances to the Final Four or plays in the title and loses, most of us do not remember who wins specific years of the NCAA tournament. For instance, if I told you right now, gun to your head, who won the title in 2014? It was just four years ago. Does anybody know? No look, no cheating. Guys, around the horn right now on OutKick, who won the 2014 National Championship in basketball? Well, I could tell you 2013, I believe, because it was stripped by the NCAA about a month ago when Louisville won it. I remember that for that reason alone. I think it's weird because I could tell you most of the champions in the 80s in order. Same thing with the 90s. But once we got to about 2000, I don't remember anymore year after year. I can tell you Carolina's won a few. Villanova's won one. Like, I can tell you that kind of thing, but yeah. I can't tell I mean, you specific years I think, for some reason the way I used to. Guys in L.A., no cheating. Do you guys know who won four years ago? Kentucky? It wasn't Kentucky. 
I can't tell you what I did two weekends ago. <laughs> but I think that's true, right? Yeah. I mean, so the was idea. The what's that? Was that the Duke year when they beat Wisconsin? I think that was 15. I think that was, well, was the, I think okay. the really good Kentucky team that lost to Wisconsin. I think that was 2015, but it might have been 2016. I think it was 2015, though. But but my point is here, we're all pretty big sports fans on this show. When I just on the spot say who won the 2014 National Championship, nobody immediately remembers it. Now, I can remember a few random years, like, and you're talking about remembering things from the 80s and the 90s. Maybe there was less going on. Like, I remember Ramil Robinson making the free throws to win it for Michigan in 1998, 1988 with Steve Fisher. Right? Like, I can, was it 89? Uh, yeah, 88 I was, close. was Kansas and Danny Manning. Okay. I do remember that run, too, right? I remember. 90, I believe UNLV uh, won it. Yep. And then 91, I think, was Duke. when Duke upset UNLV yep. in the Final Four. And then Grant Hill had the incredible dunk. And I think they won it. Anyway, I can run through some of those years easier, I think, because there was less of a frenzy in my life. But again, I bet the vast majority of you listening to me right now, when I say 2014, who won the title, was just four years ago. I guarantee almost all of you listening to me right now are just like me and you watch that game, you have no idea who won it in 2014. Now, if we go back, by the way, pull it up. Who won it in 2014? You know what? We should have known this, Clay, because we were both at some other network together covering it, talking about UConn's amazing backcourt. Oh, that's right. So Kimball Walker. Yeah. All right, that was the Kimball Walker year. Well, I watched all of that. I watched every bit of that that happen, you know, that happening. Now you tell me about it and I remember it. My point here is I believe that in four years, and it won't even take that long, it might be two years from now, most of you out there listening to me right now, the only thing you will remember about the 2018 NCAA tournament is probably going to be Virginia losing to UMBC. Now, if your individual team had a particularly memorable experience in the tournament, either good or bad, that will be probably your first thought, for instance. I grew up a University of Tennessee fan. That nun and her deal with the devil that allowed Loyola of Chicago to beat Miami and now Loyola of Chicago to get the most improbable bounce that I can remember in the history of the NCAA tournament on a game-winning shot to eliminate Tennessee, I will live with that for the rest of my life because this bracket has come wide open. I think if Tennessee had just been able to get a stop on that play, that Tennessee and Kentucky would probably be playing in the Elite Eight for a trip for the fourth time this season for a trip to the Final Four. I I really firmly 100% believe that because I think Tennessee would beat Nevada down in uh, Atlanta. I think Kentucky's going to beat Kansas State. I really do. I will go to my grave believing that if that nun doesn't trade her soul with the devil to get two straight wins at the age of 98 years old, that there's no way that ball bounces the way it does. That woman, like, just... Well, who's the person that, like, the mummy who can suck away your soul and you just die? That's what that old woman did to me. I think she Benjamin Buttoned me. But I think right now, my wife is like, your hair looks grayer today than it did yesterday. I'm like, I know, because that old nun, she Benjamin Buttoned me. She's going to start getting younger now, and I'm going to die in, like, a year. I know that's what happened in that game. That's what happened. But we the- have that audio, by the way? I will find that for yeah, you. Yeah, but what but were you going to say? You- I was just going to let you know so you don't get inundated with uh, tweets. In 14, that was actually Napier and Boatwright. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that Kimball Walker was even before that? Was that 2011? Was that Kimball yes. Walker? God. 
See, I'm getting old. All those guys <laughs> run together, right? There's no difference to me between Kimball Walker and everybody. But anyway, my point on that is pretty straightforward. I watched all those games, but I can't even tell you who won in 2014. This also ties in with my larger argument. The NCAA tournament is really the only way that we crown a champion where the end is not as good as the beginning. I would rather watch the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, than the Final Four. Nowhere else would you hear that. You don't hear anybody say, you know what, if I had to choose between watching the AFC and the NFC championship game and the Super Bowl or wild card weekend in the NFL, I love wild card weekend. Nobody would make that argument. Now, maybe you make the argument you like the divisional round because there are more games. I understand that argument. But infinitely, by infinite numbers, more people watch the title game in the Super Bowl and certainly in the college football playoff than watch the beginning weekend of the championship, right? I think that the NCAA tournament is the only sport in America you can really say that. Now, J-Mart points out, you know what, the Masters is better than the FedEx Challenge or whatever, the FedEx Cup it's called at the end. Is it still called the FedEx Cup in golf? I don't even know. Yeah, they change the is. name, but it's even. But even if you look at it, not even looking at the FedEx, and that's the championship round. But even if you look at the majors, the Masters is the most prestigious major. The PGA Championship is the last one, yeah. and it's also the last one in importance. Yeah, I think that's true. But you know, all the majors kind of. But the the, the golf tried to be like, hey, we've got this ten million dollars playoff at the end of the season. It's a huge deal. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that unless you are a diehard golf fan. Nobody out there is like, you know what, I'd rather watch the wild card round in Major League Baseball than the World Series, even though, again, I know people are like, everybody's got to be so counterintuitive nowadays. Like, well, sometimes the World Series is not that entertaining. Yeah, I know. But if you had to choose, all of the numbers come in on the World Series, the ratings. I bet more people watch the NCAA tournament in the opening weekend than watch the title game of the NCAA tournament, unless it's just a massive, perfect matchup. Like, if Duke and Kentucky play in the national title game, that will be a blockbuster number. But by and large, we don't get a great matchup. And the average, and, and by the way, it could also be a total disaster uh, for, for ratings purposes. Imagine if it were, like, what's the worst possible matchup in terms of interest nationwide? People say they want upsets, but television ratings show us again and again that what people want is the big golden brand advancing to play for championships. People say, oh, I love when the Patriots lose. No, you don't. The numbers reflect that you want to see the Patriots in the big games. Oh, I'm sick of the Cavs. I don't want the No, you don't. You want the Cavs and the big The Warriors stay. No, no, you want the Warriors. The numbers show that the best way to build an audience is to have the biggest brands on the biggest stages for years in a row. So the worst case scenario, probably in terms of interest, people are like, oh, it's great that Butler made this run to the title game. Was that who Butler lost to, UConn? Was that the 2011? No, they lost to Duke. They lost to Duke. Butler no. lost to Duke on that shot that Gordon Hayward hit. Didn't they go to, to the t- They went to the title court. back-to-back years game, didn't, didn't they? Though? Yeah, I believe that's right. That was that Duke game I remember being Two, awfully terrible. Yeah, Gordon Hayward missed a uh, runner that would have won the game for Butler, I believe, in 2010 or something like that. And then the next year, they went back, and I think they lost to UConn. I think that was 2011. But Butler was a disaster for ratings. 
But even even though that one game was pretty good against Duke and they had a chance, Gordon Hayward had a chance, he almost banked it in to win the national title. The UConn game was awful. That was a 53-41 to final. That thing was unwatchable. Brutable. And UConn was up big and it was never close and all those things were true. People say they want the underdog to make the run, but when the underdog actually makes the run, nobody watches. So the worst-case scenario matchup is probably something like Loyola of Chicago, which nobody, like, uh, even though they're in a big city, like, probably like Loyola of Chicago. I'm trying to think of the worst possible matchup. Loyola of Chicago against who's on the other side of the bracket? West Virginia? West Virginia would not bring in a lot of people. I'm trying to think of who would be the least desirable, least interesting team from a national perspective to meet in the in the national title game. And it would be a huge upset, and it would fulfill every aspect of the NCAA tournament, which is that, that what we buy into, that anybody could win at any point. Texas Tech against Loyola of Chicago maybe would be the worst matchup you can possibly imagine. That's what I'm trying to think of right now. Is there a worse matchup than Loyola of Chicago against Texas Tech. We've I think got, that's it. Because that's Texas Tech worst. has less... They, I mean, they don't even have Bob Huggins. Like, nobody even knows the coach at Texas Tech. Chris Beard, yeah. Chris Beard. Yeah. And it's also... What is Texas Tech? Like, the eighth most popular team in the state of Texas? I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's Texas... We probably, like, just lost our affiliate station out in Lubbock. They're like, oh, we love this Clay Travis show. We're going to be... Like, if you had to rank the Texas programs in terms of how much people love them right now, Texas and Texas A&M in college sports are clearly one and two. Texas is one, the biggest. A&M would, I think, pretty clearly be two. Um, I, I think if you factor in football, given the dominance that TCU and at least Baylor have had recently, I think they would have to be up there. Probably five, I mean, to be fair. Probably slide them in at the five spot. But in terms of if you throw, toss me in the Cowboys and if you toss me in like the Texas Tech is really low on the flow chart of move the needle teams in the state of Texas. And so I think probably the worst matchup you could have right now with the 16 teams that are available is Texas Tech against Loyola. Now, it would fill the argument of what everybody says they want. We want upsets. We want the idea that anybody could win the title. Okay. All right. Congratulations. You get Texas Tech against Loyola. Yeah, I'm not probably not going to watch that game probably going to find something else to do other than watch Texas Tech and Loyola. Now, I'll watch, but I'm speaking in general of the American sports fan and ain't moving the needle. And so it ties in with my argument that I think the NCAA tournament is the most exciting way to crown a champion and also simultaneously the worst. There's no reason why for playing an entire season that started in November, Syracuse should season should still be going and the University of Virginia season should be over. That's the truth, right? I don't think anybody out there would say, hey, you know what? Syracuse really deserves to still be alive for the championship, and Virginia, which was the best team throughout the course of the regular season, doesn't deserve to be there. Now, granted, when you lose by 20 like Virginia did, it ain't like we just got a tip at the last second or a bucket that rolled in, and you're like, man, we lost a really close game. Virginia got their ass kicked. And I think that also factors in with what is our larger question here. Our larger question for the day, and I was fascinated to see the results on this, and usually I'm out here like, you know what? I agree with the outkick pollsters. 
Last night about midnight, I put up Buster Douglas versus Mike Tyson or UMBC versus UVA, which is the bigger upset. And UMBC was dominating over Buster Douglas. So I said, all right, let's expand this. After consultation in the first couple of hours of the show, and by the way, I'd encourage all of you out there to go listen to the Outkick podcast, as millions of you are every single month. Go download it, search out Outkick, go listen to us. We appreciate it. What are the four biggest upsets of the past 40 years in the world of sports? I gave you four options. I gave you U.S. hockey over USSR in 1980, Olympic hockey. I gave you Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson. I gave you App State beating Michigan in the big house. And UMBC over UVA. We put this up about an hour ago on uh, my Twitter feed, at Clay Travis. You can go vote. We've got 11,000 votes in so far. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.